welcome to episode 235 of Laps Gamer Radio. I'm your host, Mark, and joining me tonight is Chazzy and Nick. How are you doing? All good, all good. Hello. Oh my nice. god. Nice. Classy, Nick. <clears throat> so, are you all packed, ready to move house then, Chazzy? Yes, mate. Uh, well, I wouldn't say okay. I'm all packed, but um, yeah, there's a lot of boxes around me, and I'm, I'm mm. freaking out, but yeah. When When is move day? Move day is, well, we're recording, if we give away the magic, we're recording on a Wednesday, so Friday. So I've okay. literally got two days. Have you got time off work to get that done? Yeah, mate. Yeah, got right. Thursday and Friday off, so yeah, that's that's. Oh, you'll be tomorrow. fine. Then what the fuck are you complaining about then? Jesus Christ. It's, it's more the Friday when I know I've got like, you know, you know that point where it's like they say, right, you get your keys and you have to be out the house by mm-hmm. X because the other yeah, people yeah. are turning up. That's the bit I'm worried about because there's a lot well, of stuff. Turns yeah, out. That's every house you, move, though. Yeah. Are you, you, are get, you move, get movers in? To yeah. Do it? You got they know what they're it. doing. Oh, I wanted to pay the thousand pound for the movers to come in and do it. But mm-hmm. I got told, oh, no, let's save the thousand pounds. Oh, now, no. thousand pound looks like a absolute bargain. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We, um, um, when, when yeah. we moved house, uh, I can't remember how much the movers were. It wasn't a thousand pounds. It was less than that. Um, for oh, two, va- two vans, four well. people. Yeah. Um, and we got free boxes as well, which is why we went with them. They were they were gotcha. they were the cheapest, and they gave us free boxes. We were Makes like, sense. "What's the catch here?" But they were fucking great. Um, but yeah, they like I don't know what we'd have done without them. Yeah. Well, this is it. So that's why I'm stressing. But it turns out that you know I've, I've I'm all for like retro games, get lots of box games, and uh, have a collection. Uh, uh, turns out that is when you look at it, pulled up in your dining room. Yeah, and you go. This is a lot of stuff. It's ridiculous. So, yeah. We've it's... we've got like massive um, book library, and mm. we've still got like a load of DVDs, and obviously like my games and stuff, and, and bits and bobs. Yeah, and obviously the movers were like carrying the fucking these fucking massive boxes full of books and DVDs and stuff, and obviously they labelled like books, 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 yeah. and you know Blu-rays and stuff, and they're like. Who has books and Blu-rays these days? Just get Netflix, man. <laughs> That's it. So, yeah, the digital future looks very appealing now. Let's put it that way. I am all for, at some point, um, digitizing my entire Blu-ray collection. Yeah. Sticking it, on, sticking it on a NAS and then, like, putting all of my DVDs in the garage. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm up for that, too, to be fair. Um, it's... Uh, I get the problem is like finding time to do it. <laughs> I know it sounds really sad, but just yeah, it's one of those things you can just get running in the background, right, while you're working. In theory, I don't know but how much processing power. Discs and, yeah. yeah, it's the swapping discs and stuff, and it it's one of the I know because like um, my dad did this years ago, like probably fifteen to twenty years ago. He was like, let's digitize all the videos and dvds and stuff in fairness videos are worse because like a video to dvd recorder you had to physically just watch the video put yeah, it onto on a dvd yeah, yeah. and then he took mm-hmm. the dvd and ripped it into like avis and stuff um mm. that the same was as when you rip like um when you rip vinyl yeah, MP3. Basically, and you have to just let the whole thing play, and then go in and insert the track markers, and yeah, and get yeah. rid of the you know time between flipping and shit like that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, video video was the worst. DVDs were all right, but still, it's just like waiting and watching this progress bar, and then taking it out, making sure you name that one right, and then 
putting the next one in, queuing it up. It's like it's one of those things that you want to be not <laughs> um, intensive or or take any thought processing whatsoever. But it yeah. it does. You, it's not something you can just like leave, stack it up and just let it process through like a hundred DVDs. Yeah, it would be lovely. What you need it. is like you remember those um, CD things that like had ten CDs and then like rotated through. Yeah massive cd players you need one of those for ripping blu-rays <laughs> so you can just tell it what the 10 blu-rays are yeah and just leave it to it for a day and then come back and load do 10 a day whatever that'd be great i'm sure there's a big kit out there that does it but it's like a million pounds or something yeah you probably <clears> get put on a list as well like yeah. there be pirates because <laughs> <laughs> i guess blu-rays are worse as well because they've got some form of uh copyright protection mm. Yeah, it's probably easily breakable, though, right? Potentially, I'm not sure. I've never tried it. I haven't either, but but people do it. So there you go. People digitize their entire libraries. What I'd be worried about is like the few like 4K Blu-rays that I've got. Like how <laughs> much space one of those would take up yeah. on a hard drive if you rip everything. Because I want them special features. I'm a sucker for special features. <laughs> Yeah, that's fine, um, I would have thought. My current favorite YouTube channel is the DVD Extras YouTube channel that just uploads, like, making of documentaries and stuff like that ripped from DVDs for films. Yeah. Um, some great stuff on there. I mean, Blu- Blu-rays only come in two sizes, which is 50 and 100 gig, so it's going to be yeah. no more than 100 gig. Per film. Yeah. But then, you, then you can compress it, though, can't you? It doesn't, like, MKV it. Uh, yeah, I guess, yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, anyway, we've got uh, some <laughs> games to talk about tonight. Um, Have we? Before I we do we were that, just talking though, shit. No, well, I've got some more shit to talk about. Uh, Chelsea, I've got a Danny Burgers update. Oh. Um, for the benefit of anyone who didn't hear the last episode, and for, and for Nick, who wasn't on the last episode that we did together, uh, there's a guy who plays uh, baseball for the New York Mets um, called Daniel Vogelbach, colloquially known as Danny Burgers because he is a large gentleman. Uh, and I'm a sucker for people who play sport to have like an unconventional body type for an athlete. <laughs> uh, so <clears throat> the team I support, uh, Toronto Blue Jays, they've got a catcher who's like five foot tall mm-hmm. and like four and four foot of that is his body. He's got like the shortest legs I've ever seen on a person, which makes him perfect for being a catcher because he's just squatting down behind. Yeah home plate to catch balls but when he does hit and runs it's very funny um danny Berger's big big guy uh the other night at the whatever fucking the new york mets ground is called the rudy giuliani memorial field or whatever um it was women's day okay and so all of the uh all of the the all of the players when they were stepping up to the bat they had like walk-up music by, like, different female artists. And Big Bad Danny Burgers walked up to the plate to A Thousand Miles by Vanessa Carlton. (laughs) (laughs) That's brilliant. um, Because he's, like, he's not just, like, a, you know, chunky lad. He's also incredibly tall. He's, like, he's he's just a big unit. Um, It was quite funny watching him walk up to that. Uh, His second at-bat, he walked up to uh, Milkshake by Khalees, which was a little bit more appropriate i think because his milkshake does bring all the boys to the yard exactly. anyway um that's enough 
baseball nonsense. Let's talk about some video games because uh, we've been playing some video games. Uh, Nick has not been on for a long time uh, and has played at two. least two, two video, video games. games. <laughs> In fairness. So bef- Sorry. Go on. Um, well, we've got one big one that we're going to be talking about tonight. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get to shortly. Yeah. yeah. Um, what else you got to talk about? So... It doesn't sound very impressive in all the time that I've not been on this podcast. I've only played two video games. But what I really meant when I said that was I've only played two video games that I've not played before. Now, as everyone knows, if they listen to this podcast, I got a Steam Deck earlier this year. It's great. I play Mm -hmm. so many many more video games now. My issue is I'm finding that (laughs) it's not being so good for me playing games as I thought it was because... Now I'm finding I'm going back and playing old games that I used to play or, you know, I've played before. Um, so currently, There's nothing wrong with that. There There's is nothing wrong with replaying games. There completely isn't. Um, mm-hmm. What I've been doing, what I've spent most time with recently is obviously the big game we're talking about at the end. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Diablo 4, great on um, the Steam Deck. I can imagine, yeah. Um, runs incredibly well to say it's like not supported and you've got a download in different launcher and stuff like it's completely optimized for a 60 buttery smooth beautifulness um i'm replaying the witcher 3 because nice. i never played the dlc uh and i want oh, to, right. i want to play the dlcs now when you launch up the witcher it says oh if you want to play the dlc do you just want to skip to the dlc and i thought now nah, i'm going to play it all through again uh, and then, then remembered how long a game it is. But yeah, I'm that's very, quite a commitment. I'm very much enjoying the process. Uh, but it's interesting because I was thinking back to when I first played the game about seven years ago. It was when I was kind of living between Hull and Sheffield uh, before I properly moved back over to South Yorkshire. Um, and I spent, I played... The People's Republic of. Exactly. <laughs> um, and I played the majority of that game using playstation 4 remote play on my laptop like wherever i was i'd have a laptop ps4 controller remote playing to my uh, ps4 back in hull um so yeah it bringing back did it uh, work okay it it was great like i played the Mm. not the entirety of the game but i would say 60 to 70 percent of what i played of that game was remote uh but it does help that i had like 100 megabit internet and stuff so yeah that helps that it helps. does help um yeah. so yeah i've been playing that um there was a steam sale a while back for some random reason of the month um and i bought a few games uh one of them i played instantly which is cult of the lamb uh oh yeah yeah, yeah. cult of the lamb um uh, really nice little game uh it's a cross between a sort of Binding of Isaac-like dungeon crawler, uh, roguelike, and also it's got some kind of um, sort of village simness going on. So you obviously you go through dungeons to gather gather uh, different resources and also bring find new uh, lambs to add to your cult. Uh, you bring them back, convert them into followers and believers, and they um, live in your little village. And you build them different things, and you sweep up their poop. Um, they they make farms and f- t- tend to the farms. There's a big statue that they all pray around and stuff. So uh, and you can give sermons. 
Um, and in these sermons, if you get so much belief, you can then uh, introduce new doctrines so you can tell them exactly what they believe. So, for example, um, you can tell them that cannibalism is great uh, and they can become cannibals. So then when a follower dies, uh, you don't have to pay to create a grave pit for them to bury them. You can just chop up their body uh, and they'll be like, yay, we can eat this. It's good. Um, but yeah, nice. it's an insanely cute game. Um, very mm. good. Uh, the I'm playing on an easy difficulty, so the combat's quite easy. But I, c- I can see if you played on harder difficulty, it could become more challenging. But for what I want, it's it's very nice. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, uh, like something, uh, the, I don't know, the, 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 it, it is more difficult and hard difficulties, but I, I'm, what I'm like clumsy trying to get my, my mouth around saying is um, the combat isn't as tight no. as something like a Hades, for example. Oh, no, nowhere near. Yeah. It's very much Similar just like you've got one, you've got one attack, a ranged attack and a dodge, yeah. basically. Um, and so the increased difficulty doesn't feel as quite as a like tough but fair challenge as something that's a bit tighter. But it's do it's doing more things, yeah. than uh, than Hades is doing. Yeah, so. I th- it's definitely one, it's it's more like Moonlighter, where the it's not yes. the best yeah. com- like dungeon crawling combat that you've ever seen, but it's good enough for you to enjoy and you play through it for everything else that's included in the package yeah yeah um so yeah moonlight is a good game as well i need to play more of that yeah very good i never finished it it's a, another another really good handheld game i've got both moonlighter and um cut of the lamb on the switch okay. um and it's yeah it's good good they're both good handheld games yeah yeah um see so yeah, i've been playing that um and to be fair the only other thing i've really played I'm just looking back at my Steam history now. Um, <clears throat> the only other thing I've played is Assetto Corsa. Uh, now, obviously, um, I've played... Competizione Assetto. or regular? Both. Right. So, Competizione, I'm not going to talk <clears throat> about that. Everyone already knows all about that. Assetto Corsa, I picked it up, I don't know how long ago now, for like two pounds or something. Uh, yeah. And I never really played it, so... The other day, uh, I had some free time and I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit down and mod the shit out of this because Assetto Corsa is a game that shows both its age now, but also um, it also shows that it was made with absolutely no uh, UI designer or anyone who cares about anything like that. It's very much a what I call a developer's game. Uh, you can tell that people didn't have any interest in making nice user-friendly menus and inter- in interfaces. They just wanted to make a really, really good race sim. Uh, and it's a good thing they achieved that because it's it's massively critically a success. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, um, so I downloaded what's called Content Manager and then I went through a guide of here's the best way to set up a set of course of mods in 2023. Uh, so I installed Sol and a load of other things and started downloading different bits and bobs. And I've, I've got to say, uh, the things that people have created in Assetto Corsa are incredible. Um, there's maps and cars uh, galore. Um, I think what I... My favorite thing that I've done so far is um, 
there is a track which is not really a track it's a, f- a free roam uh of someone who has mapped out the entirety of the general area of glencoe in scotland and uploaded okay. that as a map um and literally just driving around glencoe um and it's it's great it's it's really good um but obviously you know uh, it, it's kind of I've not really done any racing <laughs> in that. You can't really race around Lenko. Um, no. But it does spawn other AI cars and they just sit there at the beginning and you just kind of have to overtake them uh, as you go around. But no, it's really cool. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I, I spent about an hour driving around Glenco and I didn't go all the way around it. So that map is genuinely incredible. Uh, there's people, people have mapped out Route 66 uh, and various different things like that. There's obviously like the full Nordschleifer and stuff like that. Um, different bits of continental Europe. Uh, That's the sort of thing I think I'd enjoy more playing in, like BeamNG. What's BeamNG? Like, BeamNG is like the um, the driving. I don't want to say racing. It's more like a driving simulator game that has like the realistic physics, damage physics, and deformation physics and whatnot. And it's like uh, it's uh, from what from people who know about this stuff it seems like it's like the new standard in driving physics but it's not a racing game yeah um it's like a it could the technology could probably be used for a racing game at some point but but it's more like a just a driving sim that's interesting huh might have to have a look into that. Yeah. Because, um, um, yeah, I didn't... It's I, described on Wikipedia as a vehicle simulation video game. Yeah. yeah. I see um, it pop up a lot on um, on TikTok when like, there's yeah. like, a cops and robbers mod. See, I see a lot of BeamNG content as well. Like, yeah. which which cars will, will jump this row of buses? Um, <laughs> lots of weird stuff. And there's, like, there's a whole bunch of them. And there's a... Um, There'll be like a uh, here's like a ramp, and they'll simulate what the, what the a car driving off that ramp is like, with like the um, gravity and the Earth, Moon, or other planets and stuff like that. Or they'll do like a brake test or whatever. Yeah. And the running joke in all of them is that Teslas suck, uh, and so like Tesla drives off the end of the ramp and immediately just slams into the ground, um, <laughs> or like it just explodes and whatnot. Yeah, um, love it. Yeah, it seems like a like an interesting like piece of kit that I would like to play with at some point. Yeah, no, that sounds good. Because I think when when I booted up particularly the the Glencoe map, I was like, I don't really fancy racing. I just want to drive. Um, so that sounds like something that could be cool. Um, yeah, but yeah, it was, <clears throat> it was good. I was just mostly impressed about a what people had created uh, mm. and b what the engine can even let people create. Um, which quite, quite a lot. Yeah, I was like very. It's a very large modding community for that game. Huge modding community. Yeah, but like I was just impressed that I drove around for an hour and didn't see it all. Like it was, you wow. know, a- absolutely massive. Yeah, it got me thinking about if I could make maps of my own. But that's probably that. That's probably going to take a long time. <laughs> but we'll see. Don't mm. know. Um, but yeah, uh, other than the big game, uh, that is all I've been up to. Uh, what about you, Chazzy? Me, I have only been playing the big game, which is uh, only been playing the big game. Yeah, which is okay. unusual for me. 
got what 45 hours into it already so um, oh yeah. fucking hell so i'm not like um i'm not like you guys but yeah i'm, I'm for me that's a that's a lot of time to put into a game so yeah that's, yeah. that's what other than that and you know stacking tetris boxes in my own house that's that's all i've been playing recently so i shall wait Fair. um what have i been playing um a few little bits and pieces there's only one that's probably I, 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 i've been dabbling a little bit in um battle bit remastered did you ever get around to playing any of that nick no i kind of thought about buying it and then mm. the big game came out so i thought maybe in ah, a bit fair. but if yeah. i kind of want to get it when other people are going to be playing it because i think it's definitely one of those social games that mm. it's going to be better enjoyed with other people um, sure yeah definitely if you like yeah, that's the best fun i ever had in like battlefield games was playing with actual people over comms yeah. exactly so it's probably the same with that yeah but yeah i'm um, probably definitely going to get it at some point okay probably definitely I, what what probably definitely phrase. <laughs> um i doubt a little bit with that um still very good in enjoying that but yeah I, I, it would be more fun if i was playing with other people um i have played how much have i played i have played 4.9 hours apparently which is more than i thought of um armored core 6 fires of rubicon oh okay um the new armored core game from from software the first armored core game since 2013 the last one came out on the ps3 they just straight up skipped an entire generation um because i guess they were too busy making dark souls Souls and bloodborne and um so on and so forth um i'd never played an armored core game before um i've played other mech games um most recently uh damon x machina on the switch which i really enjoyed but i've never played an armored core game before i knew roughly what i was getting in for i get the impression that from a lot of people uh that i've seen on the internet that despite all of the messaging coming out from front software and all of the games outlets that had like preview gameplay and stuff they didn't get the message that this is not uh, dark souls with robots or elden ring or Sekiro with robots it's not that at all it's a very different game it's a you know series that predates even demon souls uh by many years um it's a you know it's a it's a mech fighting game you um you build your mech you load into levels you travel through the levels fighting off a bunch of enemies and then at the end there's usually a big boss fight mm. um and the the gameplay loop is you kind of is completing these missions and earning money which you then use to buy parts for your robot to to um create new builds um not not always necessary like an upgrade but like a um a different build and it's like there's like there's like mo- there's multiple components there's like a left hand weapon a right hand weapon left shoulder weapon right shoulder weapon head body arms legs generator the processor like all these different parts that can be chopped and changed around to make wildly different builds that play very differently from each other and it's all about coming up against a particular challenge and then you know bashing your head up against it until you found like the right combination of parts on your robot 
that helps that means that you because not every combination will work for every player the, but the right like build that helps you get past that boss fight um and onto the next level uh the the only like similarities that it really has to other from software games is it is hard especially the boss fights like the first level within like 15 20 minutes of the first level you will hit a boss fight that is a traditional from soft like early game skill check boss fight where it's like have you been paying attention to everything we told you in this tutorial mission and if you haven't then you will not get past this boss um and there were some people i could see like you know professional game streamers that were stuck on that boss for multiple hours it took me about half an hour to get past him um myself uh I, I just I, the only reason I did is because I just figured out like I was like dashing around. It's a big. It's basically the boss at the first beginning. Of the first level was a big, big fuck off helicopter. And I was dashing it around like shooting it and whatnot, and it was just absolutely pummeling me. Uh, and then I was like, oh yeah, I, I've got a sword on this mech. Why don't I just get up close and hit it loads of times with the sword? And it's like, oh, that just fucking works because the game tells you this in the beginning. Um, <laughs> Like use your, you know, use all these tools you've got to close the distance to your enemy and like, and like beat them down as quick as possible with this particular build that you're given in the tutorial level, and then everybody ignored it and just played it really cautiously. Um, that technique doesn't work with every boss, uh, and that's the thing. It's like finding that right build that works for that particular boss that you're up against, or that right like um, assault, uh, you know, series of 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 um, environments and, and enemies that you're gonna have to get through um <clears throat> it's got some of the most like ridiculously over the top set pieces i've i've seen in a video game and i'm only a few hours in there's one like the third or fourth fourth mission into the game you you have a boss fight and the boss fight is a gigantic walking structure that's like the size of a city mm-hmm. um in the middle of a like sandstorm and like you're dashing through the through the through this desert fighting off enemies whilst like coming under fire from something you can't even see yet and then it's you just start seeing it looming out of the out of the uh you know the, the sandstorm in front of you and then you have to work out how to scale up to the top of it and then start attacking like small bits of it to try and break bring it down because you're in a giant fucking robot and this thing is like you're like an ant on top of it. Um, the scale is the scale is insane. Um, I've just come up to a mission where um, you have to. Uh, um, there's like you and a, a small squad of uh, of like AI controlled uh, armored cores who have to scale this gigantic wall um, whilst have whilst under like constant artillery fire. Um, Blimey. I tried it once and got pummeled and I was like, I will come back to this later with a new build. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's been a couple of days and I, I, I need to get back to it. But yeah, so far it's, it's really, really fucking good. Nice. Um, it's just not a, it's not a, what you think of as a FromSoft game. Not, in, not it, intuitive I mean, in that way. It's no, it's just, it's just a different sort of game. Right. But like, I mean, uh, what you should really say is that like Dark Souls, Elden Ring, Bloodborne, so on and so forth, are not a traditional uh, uh, FromSoft game because Armored Core was around from like the PS One. Yeah. 
Mm. Um, They've been doing these games a lot longer. Uh, It's just a very different sort of thing. There's like, you can definitely feel like the FromSoft DNA in there, but it does not, it just don't go into it expecting it to play anything like, um, you know, the Soulsborne games. Um, But it's fucking cool. And every time I play it, I'm humming the Evangelion soundtrack in my head. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's all I played apart from like, the big game. We should probably get into that. Um, the big game everyone has been playing for the last few weeks. I talked about it very briefly on the last episode I was on, but I'd only played a couple of hours of it. And since then, I have played 108.2 hours Jesus. Uh, of Baldur's Gate 3. Yes, mate. Um, I suppose let's start off with like where we're at with it. I I've reached the point of no return. I am right at the end of the game. Okay, yeah, I'm nowhere near that at the moment. Yes. Yeah, so Whereabouts are you? I am. See, everyone keeps talking about acts, so I'm assuming I'm in Act One still. About I've found the the Gith, whatever it is, Crash, and the Underdark, and I'm just milking all that for as much as I can milk it for. Because I don't okay. want to move on yet. I want to kind of, rather than push on through the story, I want to do a bit more leveling and then push on. So that's what I'm I doing. Think technically, the Underdark and the the area where the Githyanki crash are, are technically Act 2. Right, okay. But so, I don't know. That stuff's kind of fluid. I, yeah. think Act, um, I think Act... The Underdark is still Act 1, but the end of the Underdark okay. is Act 2. Yeah. So I'm right. kind of on the on the on the edge of it, but I'm trying not to try not to activate any triggers or whatever that take me on because I, I do. Oh, the game I'm, will make you very aware. Yeah, if you're about to trigger something that means you can't go back, it'll it'll it. make you very aware. So yeah. yeah, I'm just like there's a few little bits and bobs that I want to kind of you know nooks and it's one of those ones where you, you're wandering around because the thing with this is like it's just exploration like heaven. You just mm. get to find all these lovely little nooks and crannies and like people you stumble over and yeah, I'm just doing all that and I'm just I'm just getting right into it and um, mm. yeah, I don't want to just mainline it. So that's where I am with it. Where about you then, Nick? I am in Act Two. I'm still quite near the start, but again, I'm taking my time and mm-hmm. trying to see as much as I can. Um, yep. Although I know, like we've got a co-op campaign mm. going us three uh and that is already yeah. hella different to my solo campaign really? yes that's something yeah. i was gonna say yeah because yeah I, I can't believe how different those two playthroughs are but so far it's just been it's it just could been... have been a lot more different as well but we'll, we'll come yeah. on to that in a, in a minute um <laughs> it wouldn't let me so yeah if, if you don't uh or if you somehow don't know what this game is then where the hell have you been it's uh it's the long-awaited sequel to the old uh, Bioware, wasn't it, who did the original yeah. Baldur's Gate games back right. in the day, um, PC CRPGs based in the, the Dungeons & Dragons universe that came out at the end of the 90s. Um, this is the first one that's in the fifth edition world, uh, and it's made by Larian Studios, behind the studio behind Divinity Original Sin and Divinity Original Sin 2. Yeah. Um, it's been in development for a long time. It's been in early access for a long time finally came out and it's a bit of a bit, bit of a juggernaut there was like nearly yeah. a million concurrent players at one point on steam which is Christ. insane for this sort of game yeah man um like it's it's in i think they're like in the top 
five. It's definitely the top ten all-time concurrent players on Steam charts. Jesus, that's brilliant. Um, which is yeah, crazy. Um, top games of all time. Uh, Baldur's Gate three, number yeah. three, top records. That's mm-hmm. top games by current oh, that's players. Current. Sorry, all time peak. Top records. It's one, two, three, four, five, six. It's seventh. I've got it as ninth for the all time peak on Steam DB. Uh, I was looking at um, SteamCharts.com, and it's only behind New World, Elden Ring, Dota Two, Lost Ark, um, CS:GO, and PUBG. Interesting. But, uh, I don't know. Steam DB's got PUBG top, Counter Strike Go, Lost Ark, yeah. Dota 2, Cyberpunk, Elden Ring, New World, Hogwarts Cyberpunk. Legacy. Yeah. With an all time peak of 1 million. Interesting. Anyway, regardless of where it is on those charts, it had like 800 or 1,000 people playing it at the same time at one point on Steam, which is crazy. Mm. Um, is it still yet to launch on PS5 and is also apparently coming to Xbox this year? Um, I guess Microsoft have have dropped their requirement for this game for feature parity between the Series X and the Series S. Mm. So the Series S will not have split-screen co-op, yeah. which is the problem that was holding it back. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a CRPG t- team-based set in the Dungeons & Dragons universe. Um, Chazzy, in your main game, who have you got in your squad? Um... It is. Uh, well, who's your character? What's your character my, first my, of all? My character is a warlock, um, and then mm-hmm. I've got the rogue because I I keep forgetting their names. But it's Astarian. The, Astarian. I've got the big hulky lady who's a devil. Uh, Karlak. Karlak and the Gith, uh, Lazelle. Lazelle, yeah. Yeah, and that that's my that's my four at the moment. But I'm kind of switching between mm. um, a cut like that and Shadowheart, like one of those characters in Shadowheart sometimes, because I've literally just got the, um, oh, I got into a situation, <laughs> which I'll, I'll explain about it later, but basically I got into a situation trying to get the the mace, um, like the big, oh, what's his name? Not Lathander. Is it Lathander's blood? The mace? Uh, yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I managed to get hold of that. And, uh, yeah, I use I was using that for a while. It's quite yeah. good. So yeah, that's that's literally the last thing I did, and I got into a bit of a scrape with it because mm-hmm. apparently you've got to go around and yeah, uh, f- find things to then put on a thing to then mm-hmm. unlock the the mace to then you know get out. Whereas because otherwise lots that. of people die. Well, yeah, exactly. Or um, in my case, the I found couldn't find the last thing that I needed to find because the game glitched and never gave me it and I can never go back in that room again because if I do it crashes so really? I had to find another way around it and there is another way around it where you just have to smash everything in sight mm-hmm. um, but you have to do it within a time limit and I managed to do that because I had a quite oh, okay. powerful spell so yeah without Good. too many spoilers that's what I did but yeah it was um, I had to think around the problem and uh, and that's what I love about this game is that there is nothing has a direct route. There are mul- multiple ways of getting around the same thing if you just yeah. are creative enough. And that's what I love about this game. It is so creative. It's not even funny. And they've thought about yeah. everything. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, Nick, who's in uh, your squad? Well, who's your character? My character, so I play a dwarf um, warlock. Mm-hmm. Um, and my main squad uh, consists of Shadowheart. Uh, I've got Gale. Oh, yeah. Uh, Hell yeah. Lazale. Uh, no, maybe, no, not anymore. Um, Asterian. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's my squad. Um, we had some issues um, <laughs> with certain members of, of of the squad at at, at some time, um, which is quite interesting. Yeah, that can happen. You can lose squad members through events and choices that happen through the game, or just completely randomly. So, um, my character is a uh, dragonborn paladin um, uh, who quickly became an oathbreaker paladin because you know, early on in the game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you go to the druids like uh, the grove yeah. and there's a goblin in a cage yes um i didn't rescue the goblin and then at some point the the guards the, the people who were guarding the the goblin killed it because i didn't rescue it it broke my oath oh. and i and i and i, I like the gods were uh, displeased uh, like a weird, like phantom guy in a big suit of armor turned up and said, uh, in a thick Scottish accent, that I had broken my oath, and I would become an oath breaker, paladin. Um, and you can like that dude then just hangs out at your camp, and you can pay him some money and like retake and like take up your oath again. But I didn't bother. I've left. I've stayed as an oath breaker, <laughs> um, paladin throughout the game. And it's proved to have some like quite interesting dialogue options with other characters, especially when you come up against when you when you meet other paladins and they recognise you as being an oathbreaker. But it also means that my dude's got like he's got like lay on hands and other like healing skills as well as like the various smites, but can also also has like a bunch of necromancy spells, which is pretty cool. Wow, so you've got a full um, evil pa- like sort of yeah, dark paladin. Even more than that. Um <laughs> I didn't make a custom character. Well, not not a full custom character at the beginning of the game. I didn't pick like one of the origin characters that can be a companion. I picked the Dark Urge path. Oh, um, yeah. Which is where you create your own character from scratch, but that character has a backstory. Uh, uh, Only they can't remember what that backstory is. All they know is they have this weird urge to kill. Um, And like... It comes up throughout the game. The narrator, like, is talking. At, at, you know, like, quite often when you're having like an in, you're having a conversation with a character, and like the narrator, who's incredible. Yeah, I was going to say. I have no idea how long she spent in the recording booth. She was recorded so much audio. Um, she's talking about how like your character is just fantasizing about like jamming his thumbs into people's eye sockets and like bathing in their blood and stuff like that. And it's like, fucking hell, this is a bit heavy. Yeah. Um, but, um, slight spoilers for if anyone ever wants to play the Dark Urge. And it's slight spoilers. I'm not going to go into like the full thing about it. It's really fucking cool. <laughs> the, like the, the, as you uncover the story. But, 
at one point, like a character, and I don't even know if this happens on non-Dark Urge runs, but like a character like from the Grove comes up to you uh, at your camp one night and says like, I want to join your group. And you're like, okay, yeah, sure, you can join my group. I wonder if they're going to be a playable character. I don't know if they even can be. Um, you go to sleep to like complete your full rest and then you wake up and your character has like butchered this NPC. Like fully like serial killer slaughtered them. Um, and like I don't know because I haven't gotten that far with a character with any other character. I don't know whether that character would go on to have like a meaningful role in the story at all um because my character whilst blacked out murdered them <laughs> in their sleep <laughs> it's fucked up um yeah the dark age stuff is really really cool um I, i'm really glad I, I went with it in, mm. in the end like i've never like uh, and I've, I've I've never really like played like an evil character in that. When you do play like evil characters, like in fucking Mass Effect or whatever, it's just pick the red option when you have a conversation, yeah. and it's just yeah, it's just Shepard is rude. <laughs> That's the evil you're, part. You're Shepard is a bit mean. That. That's it. Yeah, yeah, and it's just yeah. All it, it all it really comes down to is just Shepard was a bit mean. Um, but like this is like you can fully you could fully lean that into it. Yeah. Like I've I've like made my character like reject reject as much as possible their dark urges but you could fully lean into it and just be like a proper evil character um which is like really really interesting um sorry i've talked quite a lot uh any particular highlights that you've come up across uh so far before we talk about our adventures as a (laughs) as a group oh. anything that you've come up against come across in your in your like solo campaigns that have been like oh that's great there was um in the oh i don't want to say because chassis not there yet go on go for okay. it it's fine no don't i don't worry. want to say no, chassis no. put your fingers in your ears that's fine okay are they actually in your ears chassis yes i don't know we can't tell his cameras off he's <laughs> literally you just replied just so they're not in your just ears just do it just no, wave I'm at not, me when you're done. I'm not doing it. Can you hear me? He can't hear me. Can you hear me? Okay, so there was a... Um, in the Underdark, uh, there's that yeah. little sort of um, village that you find. In the, the colony. Of of, all, the colony, yeah. And there's a woman mushrooms. who's like... Set, who's got... A, her husband's missing. Oh, Do you remember that? Okay. Yes, yes, I do. And she's like, oh, I don't know where he is. He's useless, blah, yeah. blah, blah. So then you can't, I just think nothing of it, carry on. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I see this like cloud of gas and I'm like, oh, that doesn't look good. So <laughs> I shoot a firebolt into it and everything blows up. Uh, yeah. And then I find his, his charred body in the middle of it and I think, oh. Yeah. Uh, and it's so it's so burnt up to a crisp that you can't even like speak the dead. Exactly, to find I was going to speak yeah. to him or try and resurrect yeah. him, but he's caught because he was died by fire. I couldn't do that. Um, yeah, same thing happened to me as well. And I went back to tell her, <laughs> and she, I can't even remember what she said now, but it was hilarious. 
Um, she's like totally fine with it, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, she's, she's like, just like, oh, he's an idiot. Okay. I told him. I told him so many times. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, she's fine with it. Um, so um, yeah, that that was very good. Um, yeah. Chazzy. Hold on, hold on. Get me headphones in. Okay. Right, okay, I'm back in the room. Hi. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. There's just so many of them. Um, I just think there was a whole um, sort of platforming set. Like when I get in, got into the crash and like <laughs> turned up, sort of massacred the first room full of people. Thought, oh no, that's it. Like everyone's in this place is now going to be activated, and then sort of strolled through the next door, and it was like, oh hi, how are you? You're, you know, have you come to visit us? Oh, come and come and see our. You know, come and see where our kids are being. Did you up have and... um, Lazel in your team at that point? Yeah, yeah. Because I, I imagine if you didn't, it might go down differently. Yeah, but it because just... you've got a Githyanki, or if you weren't, if maybe if you were playing like a Githyanki character, door, you were going basically as well. because I had the door, I had a door closed rather than open. Mm-hmm. Like it, it opened up way more avenues to me rather than you know, like if someone had had line of sight on what I'd have done. Like the game takes it into account, and I love it. I just love the fact that like I'm just taking a stereo and just you know sneaking around everywhere, and yeah, getting up and pickpocketing people, and yeah, it's just brilliant. Like just the, the, the avenues of things that you know I didn't think I could get away with that I did because I was you know, messing about. It, yeah, it's just been brilliant. It's been so much fun. You know, it yeah. throws so many curveballs at you though. You know, you think it that, does. Like you, you think you're going down the nice route, and suddenly mm-hmm. that's actually the wrong route because of some, you know, grey area that you hadn't considered. And I've been caught out with that so many times, and also the dice rolls as well. Just having that, that hope, like seeing a like a, you know a ten dice roll check that you've got to kind of pass, mm-hmm. and getting a nine, and you haven't got anything that takes you over the te- over to the ten, and that's mm. it. That's you forever now. It's My favourite is yeah. like when it's like a like a, I've got to pick this lock, and it's like a skill check of like five, yeah. and Astarion's got like so many things <laughs> stacked. Like yeah. the average dice roll comes up at like thirty-five 30 to forty. Yeah, and you roll a natural one, <laughs> and it comes up as a critical fail, and you can't use any of those boosts or anything like that. It's yeah. just failed. Like you just fumbled You're it done. so bad, yeah. Um, there are so many th- things the for you guys to look forward to uh, that I can't wait for you to 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 encounter. Um, I think I mentioned in the chat that I uh, came up against a. I presume I think it's a completely optional boss fight. Um, I don't think it's main story stuff, but it, it was a it was a big boss fight against a character that was singing their own boss music oh, throughout the fight, which was um, just like one of like the coolest um, things I've seen in a video game. It kind of reminded me of um, one of the boss fights in um, the original Mario uh, plus Rabbids, um, oh, yeah. where there was the boss fight against like the rabid, just like the rabid um rabid donkey kong uh and he was singing like an opera about how stupid mario is throughout the fight um it was kind of like that like yeah. it was one of those like wild moments I was like oh this is incredible um 
I was trying to try to think of like some some like just side stuff that's not going to be a major spoiler. I found a um uh a um a drag queen, a very sassy drag queen necromancer. Oh, um, right. who had a companion um who's a clown, but the clown is has been like murdered, and you have to find all the different bits of his body. And bring them back so that she can stitch them back together and resurrect him as, you know, part of her undead troop. Nice. Um, that was good fun. Oh, there's just so many. There's just, just so many. You just reminded me, I went through the, the hag storyline. And um, No, you haven't. You haven't gone through it. Well, okay. So I've been through I've been through a part of a hag storyline then. Yeah. Um and uh, yeah, the end of the end of the one I got was very very funny. The, uh, the, the hag the, is a fucked up, incredibly dark, uh, but also quite funny character. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, the end um, of that was very very funny. Yeah, the ending I got anyway. <laughs> Whether there's different endings, I don't know, but yeah, it was. I presume there is for most of these things. Mm. I've only ever seen I've only seen one outcome for most of these things. Yeah. Um, because I've tried to uh, only like save scum if it's been like if I felt like I've said something that's really fucked up a conversation with one of my companions who I really wanted to stay on the good side of, mm. like Shadowheart um, or um, or Will. Yeah, um, Will's good. I used Gale for a good while, so like I got my guy who's like the tank. Shadowheart's the healer. Starion's the rogue, and then I was switching between Gale and Will as my like ranged caster, offensive right. caster. Uh, they're both good, but I just like Will's character um, a little bit more. The Gale's great. Um, what was I saying? I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Mm. Um, it's fucking great. Should we talk a little bit about our co-op sessions because yes, that's been chaos? Yeah, um, I have to say as much as like. I've really enjoyed the solo campaign. It's been 10 times more fun mm. in co-op. Yes. I would say. Oh god, yeah. Yeah. There's that, yep. there's yep. that yep. air of randomness from the other like because obviously all your characters stay with you unless you ungroup them, right? But that air of randomness like you can be in a cutscene and you can see Nick walking across the back of it and like doing something else or you know, yeah, it's just you know, like you say, I could be in a completely different area doing a, like getting into a fight while you're having a chat. It's yeah, I love all that. It's just so off the wall mm. compared to the normal normal sessions. Yeah, it's it's my preferred way to play. Yeah. I think I'm I'm Definitely. looking forward to when the PS5 version drops and I can start playing through split screen mm-hmm. uh, with Zoe. That'd be brilliant. But um, so we've got a little party. Uh, my character is a tiefling. Um, warlock um that will come that that's an important little detail um chazzy you've you're playing a an elvish yeah half elf rogue rogue yeah i wanted to do the keys and the yeah and that kind of thing and um nick your character is is she half elvish or full elvish full elvish full elvish bard who called she called taylor swift she's called tay I thought it was a She's bit more Tay. elvish. Right, fair <laughs> enough. But but 
modeled on Taylor Swift, but she looks like Laura Dern. She looks yeah. a lot more like Laura Dern now. Point she looks out. loads like Laura Dern. Yeah, yeah, she does. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to lean into that. Yeah. Um, and then we're taking Karlak around because Karlak's the best. Yeah, uh, she's our tank. Um, and uh, so far, it's been quite an interesting journey. So, like the main thing, like in the first. The early stages of the first act is there's like two factions in this. Well, three factions there really. Yeah. There's a there's a grove, a druid's grove, where there's a bunch of tiefling refugees that is under threat from some a nearby goblin camp. And you can side with the tieflings to take out the goblins, or side with the goblins to take out the tieflings. Uh, my character is a tiefling. <laughs> Our tank is also a tiefling. Yeah. And Nick wanted to side with the goblins and wipe out all the tieflings. <laughs> and we kind of taken the decision that like because Nick's character is a bard, like they will get us into bad situations yeah. and then it's our job to try and get us out of the bad situation. Yeah. And Nick really wanted to get us into a bad situation. You really lent into it, didn't you, mate? I didn't He did. I didn't want to. It's just what he I thought was you best. wanted just to. In your nature. You really wanted to lean into a situation where we would be forced. Two tiefling characters would be forced to wipe out dozens of their own kind, refugees of their thought, own kind, for the lols. It wasn't for the lols. It was because I thought the goblins were the right people to partner with. Okay, fair enough. Um, I took an executive decision at the last moment and uh, Leroy Jenkins did uh, so that that didn't happen. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then we ended up having a gigantic fight against a bunch of goblins that went on for, I'd say, the best part of an hour. Yep. Yeah, about an hour. We narrowly defeated them because we did not think about tactics or anything like that. Well, yeah, if you'd have stopped and waited a minute, we would have thought about tactics, but you didn't. You just went ahead and blew the horn. That's a fair criticism. That is fair. Um, so we didn't. We went set up tactically. It was a hard won battle. We managed to defeat them all. We go into town after stripping the corpses of the dead so that we can sell our loot. And previously, uh, Nick had made friends with three large ogres. Yep. Yeah, ogres. Yeah, ogres. Um, they gave me a horn to blow. Yeah, and if you blow the horn, the niggas will turn up and fight for you. Now, in my defense on this, I tried to blow that horn in the fight, and it did nothing. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was defective. So where did you decide to test it next? Well, after we saved the tieflings, which was a great idea, by the way. Um, After we saved the tieflings, we went into the tiefling town, uh, and you started bartering with with the local shopkeep. Uh, and I thought, you know what, this horn, I'm pretty sure I'm it's bard. defective. So This is a bit of equipment to make noise. I just wanted Why to not? see if it worked or not, so I blew the horn. It's kind of like the the fantasy equivalent of like checking to see if your gun's loaded by staring down the barrel. <laughs> yeah. While pulling the trigger, yeah. Whilst yeah. pulling the trigger. Um So you blew the, the blew the horn and three giant um Instantly, very angry. Ogres they weren't instead well, in the middle of the town. Yeah. So what? Well, happened was Hung- they, three very hungry ogres. What happened yeah. was the horn worked. 
mm-hmm. actually. Yeah. So, yeah, they turned up, and I thought, it's okay, guys. We can talk this through. They're my friends. We can talk this through. Uh, I can I can play them some tunes on the lute. Um, they might like to hear some hits, uh, and then they'll be quite happy. Uh, instead, they turns out they were just interested in eating people or any anyone really, uh, and they were yeah. very mad that I'd inconvenienced them by calling them when there was there nothing, was nothing to for eat. them to eat. So yeah, they, they decided bodies, to start bodies. attacking me. And us, all of us. Uh, And the entire village. Well, the entire village, you see, that only happened because the (laughs) shopkeep went all... um, Spelunky. Spelunky (laughs) on on them and tried to to kill them. Uh, And they ended up killing the shopkeep. And as soon as they killed the shopkeep, that's when the entire village turned on us because we'd brought about the uh, death of one of their own. They all the, the all the other village weren't concerned about the giant ogres until the shopkeep died, and then the entire town was instantly hostile. Uh, I you could say that yes, mm. and um, in another moment of um, genius by by me, I must say, uh, 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 the save files on my computer. I was in control of the save file because I started the game. I didn't save after the fight. And I could not accept a reality in which we decided to side with the tieflings and then fought to defeat the goblins and save the tieflings and then accidentally had to kill all of the tieflings because they were angry with us for releasing these ogres in their town. So we had to load the save file and the nearest one I had was before the original fight against the goblins. And yeah. But a second time around, I think the fight was a lot more fun yes. because we... Um, we strategized and like made like we put barrels dotted. We knew where the enemies were going to appear, and we dotted a bunch of explosive barrels around and set traps for them. And uh, we had like a cohesive strategy, and it was it was a lot more uh, a lot more fun. It played out more like what how you would expect if you knew there was going to be an assault on this front gate. You can you know set it up in advance rather than whoops I accidentally started the fight sorry sorry we haven't really gotten any further than that that was like the last big thing that happened in our last session we haven't played since then I don't think no, no. I do apologize for that because like we wasted an extra that's hour right. because of me but it was good fun it's, and we've got a really good story was. for the podcast that's it. <laughs> yes it was good fun uh, uh, I'm glad that like we managed to avoid genocide I know I'm I'm sorry I kind of stood on your plans and i will i will take i, I a, enjoyed it it was it was part of the in you know the chaos that ensued and yeah it felt very it felt very canon for it to happen as well mm. yeah so it's fine um <laughs> i've um so like i uh, I'm fully role-playing my uh, Warlock in that um, I've maxed out, like I'm maxing out Charisma uh, and got decent Constitution and some Intelligence and whatnot. But I've I've like, I've made the role-playing decision that like Wisdom should be the dump stat because in order to make a pact with a demon or whatever, in order to become a Warlock, your character's got to be pretty not very wise to begin with 
um so i'm trying to fully role play in uh into the the idea that that my character makes bad decisions nice so we'll see how that goes yeah <laughs> yeah in this game it seems to work out more than it doesn't yeah um yeah i'm i'm um I'm looking forward to really looking forward to playing some more with you guys. I'm looking forward to finishing the main game in my my single mm. player. Um, but more than that, I'm looking forward to actually playing some session because as amazing as this game is as single player, it's so much more fun. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, it's just like you know, <clears throat> it's like just, playing D&D. any any D and D session is, is you know, yeah elevated by the people around you if you really get on with the people uh, and have yeah you know it's it's great. I just um, love that thing of being able to like overhear conversations. Yeah, and it's such a great little system. Yeah, you know, you and miss you can out so much. you can do the thing as well where if you're listening to someone's conversation, you can vote on what you think they should do. They can, yeah. and then they can either choose to ignore you or go with what you said. Yeah, I love all that. That's, that's uh, and I think or I'm can, or I'm you trying can go to lead on pocket. Whilst yeah, having a conversation. <laughs> exactly. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm trying to lead on most of the conversations because I've got stupid charisma, um, yeah. being a bard elf. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's good fun. It also makes sense, like from a role playing perspective, that the bard is the one who'll be doing all the talking, yeah. for better or for worse. Definitely. That's the, that's the thing about this game, though. Is that I know it says you say, "Oh, it's D and D and stuff," but like, there is a there is a part of me that's like, yes, but. Like uh, you, you, you're going down. You, you're definitely going down routes. You're going down avenues. All yeah. right. There's, there's many white. There's many side roads off of that. You know. But um, it doesn't feel like as much as I've been desperate, and this is probably the closest I'll ever get to. I want to play D and D on my PC. Um, it, it does feel like it's, it, it doesn't have that complete like sort of out there creativity that you would have like from like if Nick was yeah. it as a DM and stuff. It's yeah, it's um, I can't imagine what a second run through would be like, even though there are different ways of doing it. It's definitely you know? a like D and D experience that has been railroaded. You are yeah. playing the yeah. campaign as it is written. You've not got a GM that can think on its feet adapt. and yeah. adapt to what you're doing like a human DM would, which is again half the fun sometimes of D and D. Yeah. Uh, but like you say, it's it. I do think who who knows what random shit you know AI will create in the in the next ten years that might allow some something like that to happen a bit better. But no, no, for now, this is a hundred percent the best D and D experience you've got oh, gotcha. on computers without yeah, a real DM being there. By far, it's, it's the closest that um uh, uh playing a video games ever come to like feeling yeah. like playing D. yes and that is a massive like together. that in yeah. itself is a massive accomplishment oh god yeah i'm not, not saying it's yeah. a, as a downer in any way shape or form because yeah. like you say there are so many variables in this that it you know like my my i guarantee my playthrough and your playthrough and your playthrough are completely different you know they've they've, mm-hmm. they've got similar you know um through lines but actually the side the side stuff and decisions we've made like you know it does make a massive difference to yeah you know to to each area so yeah no i'm i'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying it i mean like yeah. i say when i'm sitting up till two in the morning playing 
without you know and then looking like looking up at like getting on a computer at eight and then looking up at two two thirty three o'clock in the morning for like three nights in a row like yeah that that means that it's got something it's something very magical yeah yeah it is it's dangerous like that it's very dangerous um... yeah is that one more i'll just i'll just go through this door oh (laughs) and it's a whole other you know series of missions that i now have to go along yeah it's brilliant Thoroughly enjoying it. Can't wait to see what the the console players make of it and how well that plays. Because, yeah. Well, you've been playing it on. uh, We'll wait wait to see what the performance is like, but you've been playing it on Mm. Steam Deck, uh, Nick, and playing with with the controller. I've thought about playing with a pad just to see what it's like, but um, I quite like playing with the keyboard and mouse on this Mm. one. Yeah, the controller sounds really good, to be honest. Um, It's. You've got different buttons that bring up wheels, and then you right. choose between the wheels for all your actions and stuff. So, okay. um, yeah, it's quite good, quite nice. I'd recommend giving it a go. Obviously, I'm kind of the opposite of you two because whenever we sit, the only time I've played it on PC is when we sit down on a Sunday for our right. co-op playthrough. So I'm the one that's there, like, how? What button is this? Because I'm used <laughs> to this, you know, controller layout. Um, so yeah. Uh, but no, it's 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 worthwhile and it's it's good that you. I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything no. either. And it runs well on the deck, does it? On the Steam Deck, it runs well enough. Um, it, it's like round about thirty for the most part. Uh, there's right. some some bits and bobs that are a bit slow, and you get a few frame drops. Yeah. But it's not that. It's not a kind of game where you need a steady like thirty or sixty FPS. You can yeah. you can live with a few frame drops. And I've got. Yeah, uh, some of it. I think it's everything's on medium pretty much, um, and it's doing that. I did try turning is it FSR on, um, mm-hmm. whatever it is, but it makes everything a bit fuzzy and a bit blurry almost. So anti alias types, yeah, yeah. So I turned all of that off. Um, so I'm I'm just living with the sort of thirty ish frames a second that yeah. it does. But like I say, for Baldur's Gate, that's fair. Perfectly fine. I mean, on my PC, it's still like every now and then it's a little bit choppy or it's a little bit like as like we we noticed it the other day on that that co op like run where it gets it, it likes to have a think. Yeah, doesn't it? So um, yes, yeah, when it's yeah. like calculating what the, what the AI is going to do in a battle. Yeah, especially with big that, battles, especially because yeah. there were mm. there must have been about twenty mm. characters in that battle. Um, so I guess it's just computing what it could do for the best. Yeah. That's great, but yeah, yeah. Other than those like small technical bits and bobs, like yeah, I, I haven't got a bad thing to say about it. Yeah, no, it's been fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Mm. Um, I think we've waxed lyrical about this for long enough. Should we? Uh, anyone got any other business? No, not for me. No. Um, shall we? I don't know what's free. What's new? Um. Oh god, I've just loaded up the fucking Xbox app uh, and it's all Starfield themed. Fucking of calm course. down. Ah, uh, um, I'm thinking about getting a Starfield wrap for my um, Xbox. Uh, go ahead, enjoy yourself. Um, I think I want a white one. New stuff on Game Pass, of course. Like the big. By the time this comes out, Starfield will be out or nearly be out. I don't know exactly when it's coming out. Um, but stuff that's far more interesting to me, at least, and to to lapsed gamers, perhaps, is Firewatch is now on uh, Game Pass. 
uh, which is something I have been wanting to play for a long time. Club on Firewatch, please. Um, We could do, yeah. Um, A short hike. uh, Yeah. Which looks uh, interesting. Uh, What else is new? Uh, Venba's on there, which is that like... um, uh, what's the description here? Um, narrative cooking game where you play as an Indian mum who, who oh. immigrates to Canada with her family in the 1980s. Yeah, I've seen some very good stuff about that. Yeah, that looks like... It's that apparently looks very neat. short, but um, very good. Uh, yeah. And storytelling well, by The good a thing cooking. about these games is they post... Here we go. Like the how long to beat stuff is integrated into the Xbox app. Uh, yeah. it, is an, it takes an hour to play. Yeah. Wow. So fucking perfect for a laps gamer. Um, a short hike is listed as also one hour to play. Yep. So you could finish it in your lunch break if you have an hour lunch break. Um, the big one that I'm really interested in is a little bit more chunky. It's about 20 hours according to how long to be is Sea of Stars, uh, which looks... Um, the All the reviews have been saying like it evokes a feeling of like... Um, uh, like classic um, 16 32 bit um, JRPGs uh, mm. with some like Mario RPG um, gameplay elements in there. For me, like a lot of the games I mentioned was stuff that I haven't played before, but for me, it's giving massive Breath of Fire 4 vibes. Um, and it looks absolutely gorgeous. It's by the same studio who did The Messenger, which is a game I didn't play but was uh, very well regarded. Um, so that's some stuff that's on Game Pass on Epic Game Store at the moment until tomorrow. So before this episode <laughs> comes out. Oh, that's a shame. Um, so hopefully you have gone on there and grabbed Homeworld Deserts of Karak. It's a prequel to the Homeworld series where it's not it's not taking place in space but on a big desert planet. So huge Dune vibes. Um, and it's... Um, from um like homeworld veterans and company of heroes veterans um like a new studio who made those those games back in the day made this this prequel and it looks really good and i am going to play the fuck out of it because i like a good rts uh and i do like the homeworld games um and then if i quickly check what is on where's the launcher let's see what's free on amazon games uh, games with Prime. What's new? Uh, Star Wars Force Unleashed 2. Oh, I think they gave away the first one a while ago. Yeah. Um, nothing else really catching my eye, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's some, there's some some cool games in there to, to check out, mostly on Game Pass. Uh, some nice short games. If you don't fancy playing the however many hundreds of hours people think that um, it'll take to beat uh, Starfield, um, yeah. I'm not that like I'm not bothered about that game. Mm. Even if it comes out and it's like and it's a technical masterpiece and there are no bugs in it, which I mean, come on, it's Bethesda. But even if that is the case, I don't think it's going to be for me. It looks too big and directionless. Yeah, like there's just too much to do and not enough direction. Do you know what other game that I thought was too big and directionless? What's that? 
Uh, I forgot the name of it now. What's the game? No, the no. The game everyone loves but I hate. Oh, Breath of the Wild. Oh, Breath of the Wild. There we go. That was too directionless. Mm, I mean, I disagree. Um, but this is literally like, I mean, there's like hundreds and hundreds of planets to land yeah, on and fully explore. And it's like, that's too just many. too, come on, man. It's like, like, like Chazzy just said, No Man's Sky. Uh, yeah. So like, no, it's like Mass Effect with more titting about curate it a little bit more just cut the fat make it more like um outer worlds outer worlds now that was a good game that was a damn good game <laughs> um yeah we'll see i'll be interested to see what the reviews say uh the review copies have been withheld from a number of outlets yeah. uh, Eurogamer only got their review code after they published a blog post saying they hadn't been sent one uh, Edge haven't been sent in their review code which considering they're a print magazine and need to get their stuff done early is uh, doubly bad um, The Guardian haven't got theirs a bunch of other outlets um, I think I saw that Kotaku hadn't got theirs either but I think Bethesda just Kotaku, Bethesda they yeah. full on blacklisted Kotaku at this point um, yeah yeah weird anyway um she's looking there is a full-on space and exploration section on the xbox game pass thing on us on pc and it's like there's a number of games here i'd much rather play <laughs> there's outer worlds in here uh mass effects legend uh, legendary edition uh outer hard wild space as well yeah, yep uh hard space shipbreakers on here astroneer tried, tried to play out of worlds the other day Still, that game still freaks me out. It's a lot. Yeah, I just I don't know. It's just got the vibe of a horror game, but everyone tells me it isn't a horror game. No, it's not. It's it's not a horror game. No, it's just <laughs> it's a lot. It's yeah. a lot. Anyway, um, yeah, that's about it for this for this episode. Um, might have a topic for the next episode. Maybe we'll watch a film or something, or maybe we'll just be back here. Maybe we'll be back here in two weeks saying that, oh my God, Starfield is incredible. You should all play it. But, um, <laughs> we'll probably just be saying Baldur's Gate's great still, isn't it? I'll probably yeah. still be talking about Baldur's Gate, to be honest. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, anyway, um, gentlemen, thanks so much for joining me. Always Thank a pleasure you. to talk to you. Can't Thank wait you. to play Baldur's Gate with you again. Yeah. Uh, so, Chassie, get your internet sorted out as soon as possible. Okay. I'll, I'll um, text you immediately yeah uh, thanks very much dear listener for listening to this episode and uh, we'll catch you on the next one ta bye bye <laughs>